howdy, howdy hey. hey. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Texans, Texans Take. All right. So uh, you joined us at a moment where we were monologuing, and I was just like, ah, you know what? Let's start. Yeah, you know, there's a especially with an intro. There's just so much that we talk about, just random ramblings. And so, and so we some of it's like, dude, you know what? Just turn the thing on. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's make it happen. It. So, uh, so we're talking about fasting. Yeah, yeah. Um, which pray for us because we really want to start a long fast, and I'm actually the one that screwed up the schedule. We were gonna do a seven day fast. I think like three or four weeks ago. Um, and I keep waiting. I'm sitting and there going, then I well, went I'm and got getting engaged, thinner. and now I'm you know seeing my girl all the time Shame and every weekend. You. And then I'm like, well, we can't really do a seven week fast, a seven day a fast seven week fast, a seven day fast wow. because I'm seeing her every weekend. And so you know when I'm visiting with my girl, got to take her out, got to get food. Well, see you now, know? I've got to get in shape for the wedding. And then Briggs so. like constantly like, dude, when we're we gonna fast. When we're we gonna fast, dude. When we're we gonna fast, I'm like, ah, mm, yeah, we oh, eventually. You know, see, like, see, I, I'm, yeah. I, it, it's weird. So I, <clears throat> I'm really strong on accountability partners. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can. <laughs> this is how this goes, and I mean, it's, it, it's just facts. Uh, she will completely agree. I, uh, I'll wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm, I'm gonna fast today. Um, hold me to that. Yeah. And I'll get home and I'm really tired. And I'm like, man, I could use some food. I think I'm going to eat a steak. And she's like, okay, I'll go cook you a steak. <laughs> well, thank you, but you're supposed to say, you're fasting. You got to have a steak. You're supposed to send me to my room or put me in the corner. Right. Or something. Right. Like, hold me to it. You know? <laughs> How de- so, so I really need, like, Stuart to call me at, you know, six o'clock right as I'm about to dig in and go, ah, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. What um, I'll do is I'll show up with a steak, a raw one, and just slap you across the face. With it. <laughs> and you'll be like, "What the?" Oh, it'll, it'll be it'll be like that scene in Sandlot, you know, just smack me real good, and then go here. I bet that hurt. Hold this. Yeah, and you'll be like, "Thank you, I needed that. <laughs> I needed. Thank like, you. I really want to kill you. Oh, but thank you. You also brought help. Yeah. So yeah, no." I, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Um uh again. Yeah. I'll probably do it more than once before the wedding just because I'll probably do it several times, honestly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So I definitely need to get on the fast wagon before the wedding. Um because you're not in need of that? Jeez. <laughs> Maybe a little bit less so than you, but I mean I'm I'm like yeah, I've got a whopping. You said fifty. I'm thinking it's probably closer to sixty. I need to get down to one seventy five. So, I it, it's been <laughs> okay. So the the lowest that my weight has been in the last oh gosh, oh man, I didn't even think about that. The lowest that my weight has been since I was like eleven or twelve. It's like one hundred and seventy two. Uh huh. Because I was a big boy. You're also very tall. Yeah, I'm tall now. And I was tall then for my age group. But like when I was, you know, back when I was 11 and 12, I was, I was fat, like real fat. I mean, my fiance looks at pictures of me back then and she laughs and I laugh with her. And then I'm like, wait a minute, she's laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's like, but, I'm not uh, laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. No, she's like, I'm not laughing with you. I'm laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, uh, no, it's funny. I was a butterball, you know, but I, I, you know, stretched slowly over time. And I didn't gain any weight, but I remember when I was, you know, 11, 12, 13, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I'd be at my uh, grandfather's house in Texas, and I remember weighing about 205, you know. Um, And that weight has not really changed even to this day. To this day, a good healthy weight for me, you know, not ripped, not like, you know, trying to exercise a whole bunch. Um, but just a decent everyday healthy weight is about 205. Yeah. So when I was, and, and so, I mean, oh, and you know what happened? The reason I got down to 172 is because I was at school. Yeah. Uh, at UNC Charlotte and I had nothing. The only money that I had was the money that my parents gave me, which it wasn't that much. And so I was biking six plus miles a day five days a week sometimes six because sometimes i'd go to school on saturday and then that's a lot of biking and i would pedal fast to get there and on campus there's this incredible hill uh that's about oh i'd say 1500 to maybe yeah i'd say it's about 1500 feet long and so it's, it's like a big hill and so i gotta i gotta go up that on the way out and i wouldn't right. i wouldn't walk or anything i'd pedal the whole way up and so you know you do that every single day mm-hmm. say maybe sunday for an entire semester and you're not eating anything because you don't have any food and you're too worried to ask your parents for more money you know uh you start shedding weight quick oh yeah and then I was like that. And honestly, I actually felt pretty good just because, you know, it was probably some sort of ketosis thing was going on there. Mm-hmm. I really didn't eat much at all. Um, oh, there, was, there was one day where I actually didn't eat anything. And then there was another day where all I had was a celery stick. And then there was a day that I just ran out of food. My parents came to visit. I just ran out of food <laughs> when my parents came to visit. Can and mom and dad were like, Oh, this is a nice apartment. Oh, this is so nice. And then mom, what were you thinking? She goes into my kitchen and opens a cupboard. And all she sees is a a half-used bag of Starbucks coffee. And that's it. And she's like, Uh, um, and she opens the next cupboard. Uh, she opens the next cupboard. Ah, Star, what are you eating? You know? And she like goes through everything. She's like, you don't have any food. I'm like, I literally just finished the food that i had she's like stewart and so she took me to the grocery store and bought me 200 dollars worth of groceries and <laughs> loaded me up uh but yeah anyway i got home after that semester and i just got dog sick like really bad flu and i was like throwing up and stuff and then as soon as I started feeling a little bit better, I went and weighed myself and I was 172 pounds. I was like, that's yeah, I think the least the, I I've think weighed thinnest, in um, a decade or two. Yeah, I think the thinnest I've weighed in the in the past 10 years is right before I started bodybuilding. And mm-hmm. granted, when I was bodybuilding, which I probably will start up again here in the next week, I've made that I've made that commitment. Yeah. But 
Um, I was 178, and it really was too thin for me. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a I don't know. It felt good to be that weight mm-hmm. because like I felt I felt like I was really. I don't know. It did feel healthy, but mm-hmm. you could obviously, like, if you looked at me, I wasn't much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I started bodybuilding shortly after that, I got to two oh five, and I found wow. that was my that was my comfort. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't gain any inches. Yeah. It was it was like muscle. It was mostly in my chest and uh, my shoulders. But two oh five, uh, as long as I have, um, you know, a substantial you know, muscle mass, which I don't yeah. currently, most of what I, what, most of what people see now is fat. Yeah. Um, just because it's, some way out of shape, but, um, well, you're in shape, just not the one that you want. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a shape. Uh, well, I mean, you're you know, filling out your shape. Well, thanks to, see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a gym rat, you know, um, that's, that's where you and I kind of different. You like the home workouts. I do. I can't do it. I, I cannot do a home workout there to save my life. There is a point where a home workout is not enough and you need to go to the gym. Unless um, you, I mean. I actually, just can't do it because of the atmosphere. I will find a yeah, hundred yeah. things to do that don't have anything to do with active, um, you know, exercise. Uh, because I can, oh, watch a movie or, oh, sit down or, oh, you know. But when I go to a gym, uh, this has always been my thing. I'm here for two hours. Now, I can sit here and do nothing for two hours, or, or I can, I can make that two hours make something for me. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how I always hit it. And so I, I would go with a two-hour window to go to the gym, and this this is my window. What are you going to make of it? You know, and that's I, I've decided three days a week. I'm probably going to start doing that again. That's yeah. going to be my yeah. my uh, you know kick yourself back into shape, brick. Yeah, yeah. There was one other thing that Brig and I started doing, um, and uh, we'll give you a little taste of that tonight. I don't remember if we gave you a taste of it last time, but anyway. So I went skydiving the other day, and there was a guy who had a suit that was green. Uh, yes, and I saw that right as he jumped out of the plane. And as soon as he, yeah, and as soon as he jumped out of the plane, he started screaming, Cowabunga! Yes, and that was right about the time that he almost hit a bird. Yes, and that bird was coming at like 200 miles an hour and like dropped a, dropped a, the twig that he was carrying on the guy's head. Yes, and that was just the point where Stuart fell out of the plane himself. Yes, and that was like, you know, I was falling down through the sky and I pulled that rope and my parachute comes out like that. Yes, and right about that time, he hit that bird with his parachute. Yes, and that bird said, dude, what the heck is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) He's talking to birds. Yes, and that was the moment I realized he was nuts. Yes, and your (laughs) honor, that's when I killed him. (laughs) Uh, So this is a game that uh, Brig uh, wanted me to start playing. It's called Yes, And. Uh, it's a good mind tool. It's it a really little mind is. tool. It just keeps... and so uh, the overall idea is for it to to help you really think uh, about kind of the next thing that's happening, what happened just before that. Yeah. And uh, you know, Stuart Stuart hit me with this on the way home the other day. So actually, I hit him at the exact right time too. Yeah. It's like the time that he needed it the most. He just didn't realize what I was doing. Yeah, I, I didn't. He he started. And what what did you say? Go over that again. I think I was like, so I was driving by Walmart and I saw this lady coming out with this pink coat on. 
And that's exactly what happened. I was just like, um, I'm just like, and, and, and there's like, and, and, and the rest of the story is, uh, I was having a, like, can I, can I hear the Paul Harvey on that? Or yeah. Like, and then, and then it was like, Oh, Oh, and, because what did it was I said, and, and I was like, Oh, Oh, well played. Son. Oh yeah. Well played. Oh, yeah. And so anyway, I started again, then we finished it up and so, yeah, it's a good game. It's good. Keeps your mind working. Um, and it gives you a reason to just call somebody up and, you know, just hit him with it, you know? Yeah, I, I was like, man, I I mean, I was really fogging, and that day was, like, really already a bad day, so I needed it. I just 100% was not prepared for it. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Which is kind of what funny, because I was thinking that was probably one of the things you were going to do when I was on the middle of my ingester meeting today. Uh-huh. I was like, he's calling for that. And then you call me the second time. I was like, Oh my, Oh gosh. Oh wow. Okay. This oh, it's might, serious then, this huh? might be serious. I was yeah. trying to text you in the middle of a gesture meeting and not make it look like very obvious that yeah, I'm texting. Yeah. Um, I kind of gave my, gave my supervisor kind of a, Hey, give me a second, like cover me. Yeah. And so he starts like talking to the adjuster, just haphazardly, like walking over, talking to him. Hey, uh-huh. what do you think about this over here? This kind of roof is kind of weird, you know, like totally catching him off, off of uh, what we we're talking about. And uh, so I just kind of hit, hit you with a text. I'm like, I'm in a meeting. Yeah. Can't I do was it. like, Oh, can't do it. Um, yeah. Cause it's really weird. So like, <laughs> so when I climb on a roof, I am uh, I'm as close to Spider-Man as it gets. Um, all of my body hits the roof. Yeah, there's a uh, I have knee pads for this reason. I have special shoes. I have gloves. Like I am, You're you know, walking I'm walking with my hands and everything. So right before we get on the roof, my supervisor is like, "Oh, don't touch the roof." Hey, <laughs> come again. Yeah. Hit me with that one more time, Bravo Sergeant. What you got? And yeah, adjusters don't like it when you touch the roof because they think you're trying to make damage. So don't. And I was like, okay, so I get that, but that's that's how I move on the roof. I get that, but how am I supposed to live? And, (laughs) And he was like, well, it's not that steep of a roof. So hashtag define steep yeah exactly <laughs> uh, granted it wasn't but i was like okay but when i get off the ladder onto the roof i immediately take a hand and do you know the whole the whole five point finger thing yeah. and then move up the roof further until i'm at a safe spot where i'm not gonna like stand up and fall off yeah so once i get my safe zone i can stand up a little bit he's like yeah yeah forget the safe zone stuff like you're gonna have to just gonna have to walk you're just gonna up have the to roof, hit it man <laughs> and i'm I'm like, oh my gosh! Well, you tell me, f- I like I have no time to mentally prep for this. Yeah. And then right as we're talking about that, dude rolls <clears> up. I'm like, <sighs> so I'm like the whole time mentally prepping myself up the ladder, going, okay, I have to let go of the roof, or I mean, let go of the ladder and not touch the roof, but walk up the roof. <sighs> okay. And, and, and then- so I did do it. And it's funny, I came very close. I was like about to touch it. And I was like, no, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch. Balance, come back to me. Yeah, and if you're not careful, then you're like, God, how are you doing today? Didn't intend to come see you so soon. So do I get to go back or was was that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
was that all I had to work with? Well, or? it's actually a lot nicer up here than it is on that roof. So do you really want to go back? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> granted, granted facts. No, so. but I was, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was my morning this morning. Wow. Wow. Uh, and it was, it was one of those, uh, it was one of those roofs that actually was not, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was, it was interesting though. Cause like one, one part of the roof was a different pitch, not drastic, but just enough that like once I found a, a stable spot where I felt like halfway comfortable, I just stayed there for the whole adjuster meeting. Right. I let him walk around and as we all kind of mingled closer to the ladder, I, I mingled with them, <laughs> but, but there was no like randomly walking way to the other side of the roof because I was like, there's, I'm going to have to touch it because that's just my, that's my comfort level. Um, I can, I think anybody can say that too. I can walk on any of these roofs really that I found so far, mm -hmm. but I've got to have all points of contact. Like there's right, not, right. I, I bought knee pads just in case. Um, which was actually handy today when I was on that like super aggressive roof mm -hmm. because my ankles don't like standing on the roof. And that's the way you work with those goats is you have your handle and you literally just walk, you know, right. fireman walk right. down. Yeah. Uh, kind of like if you've ever seen rock climbers do the whole, you know, that's, that's yeah. the idea of the goat is to, to walk down like that. Well, my ankles don't like this position. Yeah. They, they're not, they're not a fan. And so the whole time, instead of using my ankles for support, I was I was walking down, you know, with my knees, right, uh, using those knee pads, and it it, it worked. Um, since the roof had some age on it, it was, um, <clears throat> to say the least, um, a little inspiration of God. Mm -hmm. You know, you had, you had to, yeah, I saw visions a couple times on the way down, but <laughs> yeah, is this the end? But uh, alas, I God, this is not how I intended yeah. to meet you. Yeah, and uh, God's up there. That's kind of funny. It is how I intended you to meet me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's up here like hmm, saw that coming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, uh, we're gonna leave you right there, and we're going to be back with the wordy word. All right. We are the back of the back, back, back. Okay, so um, last Thursday, I had to think about that. Uh, we had Job's discourse on the wicked. So we talked about all that. We're going to skip over Eliphaz accuses Job of wickedness um, because that's just kind of extension of the last chapter. So in the chapter before 21, it's like um, Zophar's sermon on the wicked man. And then Job has his discourse on the wicked. And then Eliphaz accuses Job of wickedness. So it's like Zophar says something about wickedness. And Job talks about wickedness. And then Eliphaz is like, well, speaking about wickedness, I think you're wicked. Uh, Am I now? And so anyway... Um, so we're going to go to the next point, which is on um, Job 23. Uh, Job proclaims God's righteous judgments. And so we shall read through here, and it should be very enlightening, I think. Um, it'll be quite a good storm, because it's enlightening. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, well, that was shocking. That was lame. He made a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was electrifying. Yeah. But that does spark a couple of ideas. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Job proclaims God's righteous judgments. Then Job answered and said, Ladies and gentlemen, we come to you at the document of Faith and Family Bible. This right here is the New King James Version. If you remember back from episode one, I believe, you won't be able to say the word New King James without thinking about New King James. It's good that we revisited that. Drop it's, that it's, bomb it's, on James or maybe put James in the microwave where New King James today. It's been a minute since we revisited that, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, I don't know what version of the Bible you're reading. Uh, I say what version, like, anyway, I don't know what translation of the Bible you're using today, but we use the New King James, and whatever version you use, just kind of follow along. Then Job answered and said, Even today, my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. I hope that I knew where I might find him. Then I might come to his seat. His is capitalized, so he's talking about God here. It's the big his. Then I might come to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in his great power? No, but he would take note of me. There the upright could reason with him, and I would I would be delivered uh, forever from my judge. So this is a conversation that I think most people, myself included, most Christians, myself included, have had. Um, he's talking about, you know, wanting to just like actually have a auditory sit down conversation with God where I ask God questions or make complaints and God literally give me gives me answers and suggestions and stuff. And there have been times where I just broke down. And I remember driving in the car or you know just going through a hard time and just screaming at the top of my lungs, "God, why are you doing this to me?" or um, you know, "Where are you?" Uh, and that's kind of the conversation Job would kind of like to have right now. Um, he says, even today, my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that being God, that I might come to his seat. I wish I could go find where God is sitting and talk to him. Be nice. I it? would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments like God. I'm not happy about what I'm going through right now, and I'd like to talk to you about that. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Wouldn't that just be nice? You know, when God, it's like everybody has that. Everybody's like, God, what do I do here? What do I do here? When God presents what we do there, and sometimes we don't listen. Sometimes it's like, is this what you want me to do, God? I don't know. Uh, but God never promises that he's just going to tell us exactly clearly what to do. Sometimes he does tell us, um, but as a general rule, it's like, you just got to trust in him. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so Job is saying, gosh, I wish that I could just sit down and that 
I would talk to him and he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Because God does talk to us all the time, especially like here in the Bible. And sometimes even in the Bible, we're like, I'm not sure what God's asking us to do here. I wish that I would understand exactly. You know, I wish that God would say, oh, this is exactly what I meant by this, you know. Uh, but it's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, would he contend with me in his great in his great power? No, but he would take note of me. There the upright would reason with him, and I would be delivered forever from my judge. And so he's thinking, you know, gosh, if I could just talk to God, you know, and uh, he wouldn't be against me, you know, he'd, he'd take note of everything that I'm doing and be like, ah, Job, you look like you're in a pretty sorry case there, my friend. Golly, the pot shirt is being scraped against your skin because you got bulls everywhere. That's not good. All right, well, here, take this magic elixir here and you'll be great, you know. Um, and then all the upright people could come to God and say, yeah, God, why have you done this to your servant Job? What a naughty thing to do. Hmm. Uh, but that's not the way it works, and that's not the way God works. And uh, just like God reigns on the just and the unjust, God showers his blessings on the just and the unjust. And God showers... Uh, curses on the just and the unjust and those that are his will make it through uh alive or not <laughs> uh anyway so it, this is a very understandable request that he has and a desire that he has before god uh and that's where it just boils down to trust he continues look i go forward but he is not there and backward but i cannot perceive him when he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. He's like, it doesn't matter where I go. I can't actually see God. Hmm. We've heard that one before. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot is held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commandment from his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And so he's saying, you know, I wish that I could just see God wherever I go. You know, I wish I could take a left and there he was and take a right and see him there forward and backwards. And he's there also. Um, but I can't see him. But when he has tested me. Uh, oh, and he says, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. And I'm not sure if he's saying that that's what will happen or if that's or if that's a request of his. Like, I wish that whenever he tested me, I'd show forth his gold, you know. Well, think about it. That's a, something that I've wished for a lot, you know. Right. Think about it. If, if you're about to fib about something, tell a little white lie just to get by, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, if you saw, if any time you're about to do that, God just came down and sat right next to you and stared at you in his, you know, with his eyes, and you're seeing the almighty God, and you know who that is, and you just sit there shaking like a leaf and trembling, do you really think you're going to even do that little white lie? Probably not. Probably not. And so that's what I'm wondering if he's asking here. You know, if God was just here, I could see him. Boy, I'd, I'd, whenever he tests me, I'd be like gold, you know. Because when you? the boss man is in, boy, you perform pretty good. Um... Would you now? 
Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, uh, my foot has held fast to his steps, and I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And so I think what he's saying there is that, you know, hey, you know, I wish he was here so that when he sees me being tested and showing forth like gold and doing exactly what he says and not turning away from him, not departing from him, that he would be able to look at me and smile and be like, good man, good man. Good job to you, sir. Good job, Job. It's a good job, Job. You've done a good job. You've gonna. Look what you did there. <laughs> uh, I was trying to beat you to it. I knew it was coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he is unique, and who can make him change? And whatever Me. his soul desires, that he does. For he performs what is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. See, this is this is kind of a you know nonchalant. What should a righteous man be? Kind of mm-hmm. you know. You know when you know you're you're at a party, and you say something very much out of line, and that guy in the group that's just a little more classier than you takes a big old jolt to your ribs with his elbow. Mm. Hmm. Even even worse than that. That's the moment when that guy that's a little bit more classy than you just turns slowly and looks at you. There's that slight shift in his face that tells you you probably shouldn't have said that. And you know this guy's character. You done messed up, son. You You know this guy's character, and you're just like, oh, man. It's the worst feeling. It's terrible. I know know I've been faced with that before where I'll I'll say something. In my mind, it was amazing. It It was the best joke. No one has had a better joke. And then when it comes out of my mouth, I immediately think, I probably came off wrong, but it'll be okay. And then I turn around, and the person who I didn't want to notice is looking at me like, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, yes, well, um, that sucked. <laughs> you know, uh, my dad had a similar experience, and it actually changed his entire perspective on life, even later in age. Uh, I love those stories. Those he was, let's see, I think, if I remember correctly, it was probably... Hmm. 12 or 13 or something like that. Oh, wow. So it, it changed a large amount of his life. Yeah. And so wow. he, um, when we were little, dad would always yell at us, yell, yell, yell. And that was one of his weaknesses. Anytime we were not doing what we should have been doing, uh, his go-to was he would yell. And it really irked my grandmother. And it Irk. always made mom upset whenever dad would yell at us. Uh, just because it really, it's, it doesn't really show good character when you do that. It shows lack of constraint of restraint. Um, and it's kind of, a, in all honesty, it's, it's, it's a weak man's technique. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not, it's not good. And, you know, the Bible says you should be slow to anger. And dad really wasn't that way. We yeah, were, we I, were could, not, I could certainly learn if a us, lesson If there. us kids were over there just, you know, being rambunctious, being rambunctious or something and uh, knocking things over, dad would yell at us. And, you know, it would be even better if he just said really softly, you know, kids, that's quite enough. And then when we didn't perform, you know, he'd just grab us, grab us and spank us. That would be better. 
But no, he would yell at us. And so anyway, we had some friends, the McGrands, and uh, Glenn McGrand is a really nice guy. Um, and he was he was British. Uh, no, he was it's, from it, the, it's British. British. Um, he was from the UK. Actually, no, he didn't say British. It what he wasn't he didn't have a Cockney accent. It was a little bit higher than that. It was he was defi- British. He was definitely British. British, okay. So more more and it was the London accent. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't it's like British. He n- not even soft like that. It's like all the T's and stuff like that were well pronounced. Like like it's very harsh, distinctly pronounced. So like he was very British. he was very British. Oh, British oh. indeed. Well, that's yes. a that's a very London thing, I think. And so, uh, anyway, you um, see that a lot with people like Tom. Holland. He was a he was actually in the military. Uh, he was a, he's a doctor, and so he was a, a medic in the military. And he was uh, uh, one or two tours in Iraq or Afghanistan. I forget where he was. I want to say it was Iraq. So he had, had a little PTSD. Actually, some pretty significant PTSD from that. Uh, we actually had Fourth of July once, and. He had to go inside and or leave just because the fireworks were a little bit too much for him. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, but he was a man of pretty good character, I thought, and pretty wise in the way that he he did things. And you know, both of his boys were great. I really liked uh, both of his sons; were good, really good friends of mine. Um. Anyway, so. Their family had just moved to Georgia, and okay. Glenn had to stay back uh, to do some things, just finish finish doing what he was doing at the hospital and stuff, because he was a doctor, right? Uh, but he was also a pretty good carpenter, and it was at that point that he was uh, he was helping us build a treehouse. Okay, and so he he is that the treehouse you'll have today? Yeah, yeah. So any okay. any time off, he would just come over and. Uh, um, I've still to this day never been up there. Yeah, and he'd help us build the treehouse, and it was a lot of fun. You know, it was really neat uh, working with Glenn on that, and just a really sweet guy. And anyway, so he came inside because uh, mom had made some um, some tea and some sandwiches and stuff, and so Glenn was just in there munching and visiting with us. And William was just being really rambunctious. Shocking. Shocking. And I, so I, hold on, I need to take a moment. That's not William. Oh, anyway, so he was running down the <laughs> stairs. He was running down the stairs, and he wasn't like crazy rambunctious, but he was just you know. But you probably like felt it two houses away. And so he was running down the stairs, and he accidentally bumped one of the pictures, and it fell down and <sighs> cracked the frame. And Dad lost it, and he was yelling at William, you know, blah 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 blah, and just William was just crushed you know he's just really crushed and anyway dad came into the kitchen where uh where we all were and you know dad was still just kind of fuming and his face was red and he sits down and glenn is just looking at him with the most how you know who the hell do you think you are look on his face and he just looked at dad with disgust and dad took a look at glenn and just melted he was just like oh my gosh you know glenn thinks that i'm a monster and rightly so and from that day on dad was just like i i I need to work on this yeah i really need to work on this 
And it was about a year or two later that dad actually came out. He gathered the whole family together, which he does not do very often. Usually we all get together for like movies and stuff like that. But anytime dad is like, hey, guys, please meet me in the kitchen. We need to talk. We, first off, I can count on one hand the number of times that he said that. It's like, be, be there in five. And so anyway, as soon as he said that, we're just kind of like, Ooh, either we have another sibling coming or somebody died. I don't know which one, you know. Uh, and so anyway, dad calls us into the kitchen. He says, I just really want to apologize. I've been yelling at you kids for years and years. And it's a failing of mine. And I am incredibly sorry. And I'm trying to be better about that. And uh, I just, I, I would just really like all of you kids to know that I'm incredibly sorry. And I hope that you'll accept my apology. And we all did, you know, uh, we knew that dad loved us. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, he, uh, he changed from that day forward, you know, he stopped yelling at us just because every time, even to this day, anytime he even thinks about yelling at somebody, you know, he remembers that look that Glenn McGrand gave him. He's just like, oh. Lasting impressions. Yeah. Um, and, and that also goes to show, you know, you don't have to do anything extravagant to get to some people. Mm -hmm. You know, just a, a simple... Soft I mean, answer. I assume the man didn't say anything. He did not say a single word. He just looked at it. He just looked at dad with disgust. That's uh, kudos to this man. And on top of that, it's somebody that dad respected, right? Right. Dad had a very high, a very deep respect for Glenn McGrand, you know. And so it's somebody like that that makes a huge difference. Because if it's somebody that you don't care for, you can scorn, you can, you know... Uh, you can say whatever the heck you want. Yeah, you can look like, at it with me to discuss. In order, in order it, to accept, I your... won't feel bad about it. But in order for it to really mean somebody something, it's got to, to be somebody you. that you respect, uh, right? And that that goes a long way. It really does. It really does. Um, and there's a large part of me right now that has no idea why we started talking about that. Uh, where were we? I've treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary. My necessary food. Do you remember how we got in that conversation? Maybe our listeners remember. <laughs> I honestly don't. It was amazing though, and this is actually a good place to take a break. Great. We'll, we'll take, take a break, break and right we'll be right back. We are back. back. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't even know what that was. We're all ready for the podcast. We're ready for the podcast around here. So yeah, we figure out what we're, we're talking talk, about. We're talking. We're, we're talking about. I'm. I'm talking. Thank you. We're ta we talking about the righteous man. Sorry, I'm gonna have to use that accent for something. That's pretty good. That's pretty. That's kind of like the uh, the. It was like almost Kermit, but not really. <laughs> You know what that is? That's the man. Um, I'm telling you, this to think. Is, that's mm. bad lip, uh, bad lip reading uh, Yoda voice. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. 
Uh, so we 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 talk about the righteous ooh, man. Penny for your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So righteous men. That's that's what got us on to, to that topic. Um, and I think becoming that is what yeah, we were, yeah. what we were talking about. You can tell who we were. Anyway, uh, so give it a minute. He'll start singing bad lip reading. Hope not. That'd be bad. Bl- lip reading. Bless your ears. Uh, so anyway, slight disclaimer. This is coming just absolutely from nowhere, but it is related to a topic that we talked about, I think, on the last podcast podcast. Uh, disclaimer for all of our listeners. Do you remember in the last podcast where you were talking about Shay wearing the gold ring and he was like an electrician? He's like, ah, yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, that's. And I was sitting there like, "Uh, I don't know about that. I don't see a problem there because you know electric forces up, 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 up. Anyway, what I wasn't, I was thinking about like getting shocked or electrocuted. No worries there. You know what the worry is though? Huh? If your ring, uh, you know, completes a circuit. The chance is not that you'll get electrocuted. The chance is that you'll burn your finger off. <laughs> oh, maybe. Because think maybe about it. That's why he said it was High voltage, safe. high amperage, you know, uh, circuit here. And it's going through your ring. And so what is that? It's a conductor. And so it's not going to shock you, no, but it will heat up. Yeah, maybe that's what he was talking about. Because he, he said it like, oh, yeah, no, not smart at all, but I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> And so, anyway, for those of you listening, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm on a roof all the time now, and and I, I have in public, I don't wear the the black, you know, rubber <laughs> ring. Mm-hmm. But whenever I'm at work, I am it's black because I found out for me, I get up on a roof and my fingers swell because I'm actually using my fingers for stuff like that. Right. And then I like I, I can't get my I have this fear of not being able to get rings off. I, it's a genuine fear. So if I can't just like pull the thing, it's too tight. And so I decided to start getting rubber ones that yeah. just I could. I have a pack of these. I mean, I, different colors for different days, but <laughs> I can I can sit there and just like throw you could just this use on. A, you could just use O ring gaskets. I know, I know. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here like uh, I wear this one every day when I'm on the roof because I don't have to worry about it ever swelling. Right. And right. my mind gets way too ahead of itself. Not that it would ever happen, and I would my finger one finger would swell so much I could never get a ring off. Uh, that's one worry that I just want to nix out of the book of worries that I have because mm-hmm. I carry a book of worries with me. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So if you're an electrician uh, working with, actually, if you're doing anything electrical at don't all, don't do that. And you Ma- wear a maybe gold take ring. It off. Yeah, maybe take it off. It was actually really funny because I actually watched the YouTube video, and I was kind of like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Should have thought about that. But anyway, and he was very certain that it was guy, a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, okay yeah. And it. he was absolutely right. It is a bad idea. And and the guy that was watching that was uh, doing the YouTube video was like. Hey guys, I just want to show you what happens if you connect the circuit with your ring. And so he took a he took a gold ring and he put it on a on a hot dog and he's like, "This is your finger." And then you know takes a battery and connects the leads across it. And obviously the the short circuit is going on on the ring, and so it gets really hot and actually welds the sides of the. Um, sides of the leads to the ring and so he can't actually get it off from there he's just like oh shoot and yeah and the finger is just 
you know, the, the hot dog is just getting incredibly burned and toasted right there. And it's smoking black. And he's just like, ah, oh, it stinks. Ah. And anyway, after he finishes the video, he's like, yeah, so don't do that. Don't do that. And then he looks at his hand. He's like, oh, shoot, I'm wearing my wedding ring. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah. Plot Careful out there because even if it won't shock you, it might burn the snot out of you. So, yeah. There's always that. I was thinking the electrical properties of the ring, not the conductive. Yeah, well, and and I am I am the farthest thing from an electrician. I have kept myself as far away from that field as I can. Uh, In fact, when my brother went into that field, I'm like, (laughs) I haven't. You know, I used to be in that field when I was um, about eight or nine. The electric field. Yeah, the electric field. Yeah, yeah. It was shocking, wasn't it? It was because there was a. there is a uh, electric fence around that field. Yeah, so I, I have a good story. And then I'd always just pick a long blade of glass, a grass, and stick it on that fence and sit there feeling the pop, 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 pop. So I have a, I have a really good. You done electric. that before? I, I, well, no, mine's better. Oh. Um, so uh, I was, uh, I had a uh, a step cousin that was. Uh, a torment to everyone's soul. Mm. His his existence was uh, it was interesting, but uh, so we were we were out. My uh, my grandfather was a goat farmer, and so we were out in this field. Obviously, you know, I mean, if the fence is not going to hold water, it will not hold a goat. So you might as well electrify the fence to give the goats an idea to stay inside. What a good idea! <laughs> so. Um, my step cousin happened to know that one of the fences were down. I had heard such rumors from my grandfather. So I believed it because I heard it from my grandfather, not because I heard it from a step cousin. Trust me. Uh-huh. I would have never trusted that one. Yeah. And so everybody's touching the electric fence. Well, he convinces me that, you know, by everybody touching it, I mean, I'm pretty sold that it's not live. Um, and, and it wasn't live, but apparently this electric fence has a property that if more than one person is touching it, there's a, con- there's a conduit there and it actually, the remaining properties of the electricity in the fence are actually now have a conduit and they can still shock somebody touching it after someone's touching it because huh. it's acting as an actual conduit for the electricity that's remaining. Right. And so he's like touching it like, look, hey, you know, this is not live. And I went up and touched it. But because he was touching it, it shocked the fire out of me. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I, there's a lot of bad words there. But <laughs> a lot of negative statements. But I'm just sitting there like that was that was my I don't want. And what's bad is I didn't even get a live fire. I, I got like the remnant of, you know, what it probably the last was. bit of electricity. What it probably was is. um you know, a lot of systems, a lot of things that people don't rec- uh, realize is when you have a an electrical circuit and you turn it off, there are things in that circuit called capacitors. And even uh-huh. if there aren't capacitors, there's a lot of times different components that will act with capacitance. And so when you have a an electrical field, when you turn on, you know, something that, you know, takes electricity or something, uh, any capacitance or capacitors in that system will start charging and they'll build, they'll hold charge and energy. And so if you turn it off, sometimes 
there will still be capacitance that hasn't discharged yet. Right. You know, it's just an open circuit with charge built up over that capacitor. And if you connect the circuit with your fingers or yourself somehow after it's already been turned off, it can still shock the fire out of you. Right. And so what he probably did is he had insulating shoes or something and he just touched it with one finger. And then you were insulated, you were, you were connected to ground and then he touched, you know, you or maybe the other side or something. Anyway, whatever happened, bam, ouch yeah. i hate you I, I was yeah i was the one that got the butt into that joke yeah um, you can actually yeah. have fun with that like with those little barbecue uh lighter uh you, if you break that apart take a barbecue lighter and break it apart you can grab the little piezoelectric sh um shocker out of that and you, know, you can stick that to somebody's leg and pop it and rah, you know there'd be a little electric shock and then you can also like, barbecue lighters I'm, I'm curious now yeah you can also like uh uh, uh hold on to a part of it and then you know touch somebody else and then pop it and it'll shock them through your finger. It's a lot of fun. That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. You're really giving awesome. me a bunch of bad ideas, actually. I'm actually giving a lot of bad people a lot of bad ideas. <laughs> uh, Anyone that has a corrupted mind just got a little more corrupted. I take that back. I'm just giving everybody, a lot of good people, a lot of really good ideas. Is that <laughs> what it is? That's what it is, yeah. So uh, we're here to corrupt minds and build good spirits. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We're here so, to corrupt minds, drink spirits. <laughs> if you wanted to know how to shock people, via... yes, we have a lot of shocking content. <sighs> yeah. All right, well played. <laughs> Boom. Uh, yes. So anyway, uh, all I'm that just saying. Maybe we should keep on going with the show, reading God's word. Probably good idea. So. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where were we? Ah, ha, 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 ha. So, uh, Job is talking about if uh, God could only see him, uh, he would show forth. And he looked pretty good. I've treasured the words of God. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So he's just saying, you know, if, if God's watching him when he's testing him, he's showing that, you know, he'll show him that he'll show God that he's doing a really good job. But he is unique and who can make him change and whatever his soul desires that he does. He's talking about God saying God is unique. Who can make God change? Ain't nobody can make God change. And whatever God's soul desires, that he does. So God does, as they say, what he wants. Uh, <laughs> that reminds me of a little joke. Uh, Brig, where does a 200-pound canary perch? <sighs> Wherever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking it was deeper than that i was like hmm, let me think about this for a minute uh yeah uh if you see a 200 pound canary let me know because that's the site we're seeing if if you if you see a 200 pound run yes run uh so um, anyway canaries um, canaries are a little bit mean and i don't want to see one that weighs 200 pounds yeah yeah, wherever he wants. Yeah. Uh, so whatever his soul desires, that he does. Uh, for he, God, performs what is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. 
Therefore, I am terrified at his presence. When I consider this, I am afraid of him. For God made my heart weak, and the Almighty terrifies me, because I was not cut off from the presence of darkness, and he did not keep he did not hide deep darkness from my face. And so the title of this is Job Proclaims God's Righteous Judgments. And it, basically he's saying that, you know, everything that he's doing here, everything that God's doing here is righteous, whether Job knows it or not, whether, you know, Job understands, Job understands it or not. Whether, whether your job understands it or not. Right, right, right. And so he's saying God appoints, God performs what he appoints for me. So God's going to do what he wants. God's going to do what he has already determined to do for Job. Uh, many such things are with him. He's saying, you know, hey, whole life is like that, you know. Uh, therefore, I am terrified at his presence. So he's terrified at God's presence because, you know, God does what he wants. So if God does what he wants and he determines... Basically, if God is against you, you have a lot of troubles ahead. Oh, I'd, I'd say a lot might be an understatement. Right. So he's already determined that you like can't maybe change God. all of them. You, you can't have yeah. all the troubles. You can't change God. God does exactly what he wants, and he can do exactly what he wants. So he's not somebody to be trifled with. You know, if you mess with God, no, I mean, allow, he's going to mess you up. Yeah, I mean, take in the idea that, uh, you know the most righteous person at this point on the planet right is he's saying he's terrified of god yeah maybe that's well, why he's well, so righteous that, he's, you know he's getting uh he's getting 100 percent tested by the devil and and who allowed that to happen oh yeah god. that's right god yep yeah choice so was says, made when i consider this i am afraid of him for god has made my heart weak and there, the almighty and when he says weak here, here what I think he means by God has made my heart weak, I think he means in relation to God. Right. Right. Um, and so basically, anytime God says, Job, do something, he's not going to be like, you know what, God, I don't think so. Nope, not happening. He's going to say, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. How fast do you want me to do it? Okay, sure, I'll, I'll do it, you know. Let's, you know. Make, let's make this happen tonight. Let's make this happen. Uh, and he says, the almighty terrifies me because I was not cut off in the presence of darkness and he did not hide deep darkness from my face. And so he's saying, God scares me because I am doing righteousness. I am a righteous man. And yet he does not hide deep darkness from my face. So I am being righteous and yet he's still is allowing all this bad stuff to happen to him. Right. Yeah, I'd start. I'd start and so question. he's saying, okay, hey, you know, I'm a righteous man and God is still doing this stuff to me. So if you unrighteous, think what kind of bad stuff God's going to do to you. Valid points. So, yeah. And, you know, um, there's an argument to be made that if you're living a good life, really good have no problems 
no issues, no troubles, you know, just living the high life, making lots of money, spending it the way you want. God might just be giving you a little, a really happy earthly life mm -hmm. before, you know, he's like, hey, this is all you're going to get. Before so something you else bet happens. It, you bet is enjoy it. Yeah. Um, whereas with a lot of Christians, you know, God might be like, you know, hey, um, your life here on earth is going to be short. You have a lot of work to do. Get at it. Go to it. Don't stop. You're going to have a lot of troubles, trials, and uh, you're going to have to work, you know, hard. Darn it, by the end of it, after you're with me, life will be pretty darn good. Well done, good and faithful servant. So, anyway, that is the end of Job chapter 23. Um, and so, yeah, that's, um, mm, that's what we got for you on this Job topic here. I hope I did a good job there. <laughs> Sorry, it's a cheap pun, but uh, anyway, so we, we didn't clink, we need to at least clink before we that's right, we need to clinky clink. That was a good one, that was a very good one. I like the little double tap there, anyway. Well, that's what we got for you from Job. We hope you enjoyed it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back on Thursday before we go. Um, we're going to have a little word of prayer here. Brig, would you pray for us tonight? Absolutely. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for, uh, all the gifts and blessings that we've been given. Um, we thank you for the, the wonderful weather we've been able to enjoy lately. Uh, and we ask that you would, uh, you would take care of us, protect us and guard us as we go out through, uh, through today's world, which is, uh, you know, full of troubles and what we see is despair. But at the end of the day, you are with us uh, to carry us through and to make us righteous servants that you would have us to be. So guide, guard, and protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, until Thursday, adios. adios.